But then what do we say? Um, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Fair the inkwell. Um, okay, so for today's pitch, uh, ancient Egyptian robots. <laughs> what if robots actually built the pyramids? The ancient Egyptians actually had the technology and used the robot used robots to as the labor force. And then, so the, the, the idea that was actually in my mind when I was thinking of this is what if one of those robots was still alive today and oh. continuously? So it has sentience and self-aware and self-awareness. What if it's still around? What would it be doing after thousands <laughs> of years? Like just, and what has it seen and like, and all of that? Like, and I think this would be really more an analysis of a character rather than an analysis of technology or, or humanity. Like, because if you extrapolate, like, I think this goes back to a lot of the conversations you and I have had about longevity. Like, and if you really think about it, if you were able to live forever, what would you experience? And when would you get bored with regular experience? Like how long and I, I think it would take the layman, like normal people, I think, would get bored with experience. It would it would probably take them several thousand years to be like, okay, I'm going to start doing LSD or, or other <laughs> wilder drugs that, my, you know, mind-bending stuff. Mm-hmm. Because they've seen everything. They've felt everything. Like, you know, this is this would be a study of a character that has lived for centuries. Yeah, for literally, yeah. So... So if I'm thinking about it right, would would this be a character that didn't start off with like, say, a full range of human emotions, but gradually developed them over centuries? You know, that that could be part of the question. Uh, I think that one was really well tackled with uh, something like Bicentennial Man. Oh, okay. I think, I don't actually remember who wrote that. I think it was Robert Silverberg. But I, Asimov may have tackled the same question where it's like, you know, you take a robot and you, or you know, some some sort of artificial life, and you increase its in, it, you increase its complexity until it is indistinguishable from a human. Like, at what point is it human, and you know that sort of thing? Like, and you also like, at what point is a human no longer a human with like artificial pieces? So, like, you have an artificial hip, you have an artificial heart. Like, what about if your entire organ system is just an artificial organ system? Or it gets replaced with, like, your blood gets replaced with a fluid that's more efficient for shuttling chemicals around your body. Like, at what point do you stop being human? And so, like, I think those questions have been tackled very well by other authors. But this would be, like, a character analysis of, like, how long would it take you to go crazy? (laughs) How many people would you have to lose? Because that would be one of the big things is you would lose Every single person you ever met who was not like yourself, mm-hmm. every single one you would, it, it would be like in the Highlander sagas. Like Ooh, there could be only one. You, yeah. You'd find somebody that you loved and then you would live with them knowing that you're going to outlive them. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you're going to outlive their vitality. You're going to outlive their youth. You're out, you're going to outlive their Ooh. Like all of the, 
Yeah. All of the stuff that young people think about, you're going to outlive that. And then they're going to die and not be there again. And then like, you have to keep, are you going to keep replacing that? Or are you going to give up on that and be like, let everybody be themselves. I've loved thousands of times and it's the same thing every time I want something new. I want something different. Like, so this would be, I don't know. I don't know specifically why the ancient Egyptians came to mind when this uh, pitch. <laughs> no, that's that's a good. Con- I mean, you have to explain how the robot's been around for a long time, right? So, like uh, having a a fleet of robots that uh, you know, like survived uh, building the pyramids, and I mean, you could you could kind of create like you know stuff. Maybe I don't I don't know if you want to do like ancient Atlantis or, or maybe something is completely new and completely different right. to explain like how robots and technology existed. And yet, and we find no trace of today, but I feel like you could do it. I yeah. feel like you could easily yeah. create a scenario and a story uh, uh, that was plausible enough to suspend belief and say, yeah, this makes sense. Okay. Let's get past the fact that ancient Egypt had robots and like began to focus on the journey of this person, of this robot. Well, and, and then to throw like maybe an antagonist in there would be that the Pharaohs that we found dead and buried and mummified were failed attempts at eternal life for a Pharaoh. They were failed or early attempts at um, transferring human consciousness into a robot. And so, like, the canopic jars, like, yeah. they removed them and, and the brain and all that for very specific, you know, we would say ritual reasons, but they would say scientific reasons. And the, the mummies that we found are the failed attempts. And so the other idea is that there's pharaohs walking around. And, you know, they have uh, the reason we don't – maybe the reason we don't see them around is because they have accepted that they are not necessarily divine even though that they are long lived and maybe they encounter one of their slave robots later on in life. Like, and you know, that's, that could be like these two ancient worlds colliding in the modern world. It would probably be a very interesting. Yeah. um, That does sound interesting. Like maybe, maybe the Pharaohs are like vampires for robots. (laughs) There's only one, one robot left. And no, (laughs) probably not, but you know, but you can go down that road. Uh, but no, like the, uh, uh, yeah, that's actually really interesting because, I mean, there's a lot that you could do with the history there, you know, like like the Great Pyramid, for instance, having no inscriptions and stuff inside it. Like we attribute it to Ramses the Great based on some graffiti that somebody found once that kind of possibly looked kind of sort of like it maybe came right, many years right. later. So who knows, you know, uh, what was it? What's his name? Something Hancock. Graham. Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock uh, wrote a book called Fingerprints of the Gods where um, he talks about the the pyramids most likely being more than 10,000 years old. Right. And we don't have anything else from that time period that's 10,000 years old. So that would be an interesting, like, like if you had like technology, if you took our technology today, buried it in the sand for 10,000 years, would it not, it probably wouldn't even be recognizable. Right. You know? It wouldn't, it wouldn't last. I mean, no. that's, I, that's the thing I think that for me, that's really interesting about the concept or the, the, the discussion about ancient technology is um, we have no doubt created a layer of plastic that oh. would be picked <laughs> oh. up in the geologic sediment. You're right. Yeah. Um, 
but nothing that we have created would survive in its current form. And so any future archaeologist would look at that, you know, they would look at that layer of plastic and be like, they had this thing. What was it? What did they use it for? And they would just have to speculate. Although, if you think about it, our uh, our garbage dumps would be very telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because the plastic. Like, oh, I saw a thing, a documentary, something where they dug up a garbage dump and they, they dug up newspapers from the 20s that looked like they had just been barely thrown away. Really? So because of the conditions of the garbage, the anaerobic conditions of the garbage dump, Ooh. like even the paper didn't deteriorate. It matched the acidity and the base level of yeah, paper and, and so, it just I mean, maintained it. Right? Like, that's interesting. And I think that's where we get a lot of our archaeology from is from garbage dumps. Yeah, but if, but so I don't know, maybe the technology was different though. Like mm-hmm. Futurama makes the joke of uh, a robot powered by a water wheel. Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the maybe the pyramid was some sort of energy transfer device and it was broadcasting power from legions of robots that would like self-replicate i, I don't know a giant tesla antenna like you know <laughs> yeah having having plastic is is wonderfully easy to use but what if stone were just as easy to work like maybe the egyptians or maybe the ancients had some technology something that we don't understand that made it easy for them to shape stone you wouldn't bother with plastic because stone is so much more uh, durable and would last longer like it's like oh would i build the would i build the pyramid i actually building the pyramid out of plastic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be funny well, you know what, like a few years ago, and I, I don't know if this debate is still going on or not, but but uh, there was a group of hardcore serious academics that said that they thought that the Great Pyramid was not actually made of stone, but it was actually made of poured concrete. I've, I've heard that one. The fact that if you leave something in the desert for four or 5,000 years, and then you suddenly can't tell if it's a rock or if it's poured concrete, like astounds me. Like you've got, you've yeah. got people doing chemical analysis on these things, trying to figure out, is this actually rock? Right. You know, <laughs> well, and, you know, I know like stone and all that changes slowly, but it mm-hmm. does change over time. Yeah. Like its chemical makeup does change over time. So maybe it was chemically different from what it is now. Yeah. I mean, I mean obviously the patina part of it is, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of uh, areas that we lack information in and some people are not willing to speculate on. No, I, I, I like that. I mean, I think that's a great way to kind of start the story, you know, and then have an explanation for why is there one robot left? And you're, you, I think what you said earlier about uh, what has this robot been doing? Is it still, I had it in my head, is it still compelled by some base programming to to do a function every day? Mm. Like, like for instance, you know how you see all those little piles of rocks at the beach? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's compelled every time it goes to a beach to and kind it, of... It builds a small it, cairn. It, yeah, exactly. It, you know, it, it constructs something and... Uh, Kind of like in like a like Wally, I guess maybe in a way. Oh yeah, you know that's that would be interesting. <laughs> like if it did have a base level program. I mean, you can think of uh, like humanity has a base level programming to procreate. So maybe this that maybe that's what that base level programming for this robot is. But it doesn't have a mate. It doesn't have any way of replicating itself. So it it, mm. it uh, kind of goes nuts. I mean, when people can't procreate. 
They kind of go nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, somebody hasn't, hasn't, yeah, you're right. <laughs> after, after a while, it becomes detectable by other humans that what you, what you need to go and do. <laughs> so. so anyway, so that, that was this pitch. Like, what if there was an ancient robot that, and it doesn't have to be Egyptian. Yeah. It's like you said, you could pick any of those ancient cultures like Sumeria, you know, the cradle mm-hmm. of civilization, civilization, it, you know, the robot could have even been brought here by an alien race. Mm-hmm. So in addition to the idea that aliens manipulated early primate genetics to create humans, what if they brought a robotic workforce too, and this robot got left behind or so, you know, so the, I guess the base concept is the longevity of character. Like, because mm-hmm. we tend to think of character in short spans, well, relatively short spans of like from infancy to old age, which in our culture is 100 years old would be a pretty extreme old age. So, but what if that wasn't the case? Yeah, well, and and actually that, that brings up a lot of interesting possibilities. I mean, for instance, like sometimes you just... Even if you're the most outgoing person in the world, you can get sick of people and just say, no, and I just need to run on my own for a minute. For somebody with that type of longevity, getting sick of people, does that mean they go live in a cabin in North Canada for like 100 years and they come back and like society has moved on 100 years later and they're like, okay, I can, I can I, everybody's dead now. I can get in on this again. <laughs> you know, like, well, that's actually an interesting idea because how would they, how would they, fit back in like because they left society at a certain level uh like cultural and technological understanding and they're coming back into society at a different cultural level and understanding mm-hmm. so maybe the language is even different even if it's the like the native tongue that they speak is has changed enough that they can't speak properly anymore that that's actually completely plausible because I got to tell you, man, if you left the United <laughs> States and went to live in a cabin in the woods in North Canada without talking to a single person, if you left in the 1970s and came back today, would you even understand what true, we say? True. Like you would be using a vernacular that is like 50 years old <laughs> that nobody gets today that people look on and they're like, oh, that's very quaint the way you just said that thing, you know? And they're and they're using words like Google and you know and and, right. and cell phone and you're like what was that? Like even even me in my necess- not necessarily extreme old age, I I don't get woke culture <laughs> and any of that other crap that people are trying. Like I mean I understand the push because um, young people want to differentiate, but why not just embrace the language that we already have that describes what they're talking about with those, the words that they're trying to invent. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know how many new words get added to the English language. Every but they year, all but mean I, the same thing. Well, and I feel like it's thousands and you're right. They're retreading over old words that mean the same thing. So when I use the original word, yeah, I feel like we're all William Shakespeare today. You know, <laughs> I feel like everybody is vocabulary. <laughs> I feel like everybody is adding like like new words to the English language and and you know the rest of us just don't know what anybody's talking about. Right. Yeah. So that was today's pitch. Longevity of character, um, specifically ancient Egyptian robots. But that so if you have any ideas on that and want to write it down, uh, feel free to. And if you do, let us know. Um, we are fair the ink well. And catch us again next week.